a book in a bag. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Book in a Bev. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're in for a lot of things. Are you ready? Strap in your titties, take two. I can't Drop do it again. Week. My tits are still too sore. <laughs> we're not doing it again. Ow. We're in for trauma. We're in for pain. We're in for suffering. We're in for fire. Noodles. <laughs> More of them. We're covering our fire. We already knew this. Come on. We're covering the whole series. I'm so you know happy. what's happening. Basically, we meet some broody fey bastards, which we love that. We fall in and out of love with many characters and decide once and for all, Aelin is in fact the best person alive. Absolutely. That is yeah, awesome. agreed. Yeah. So what are we all drinking? What's happening? So it's air of fire. And so I am drinking fireball which in our group has a long history of ruining our lives so this should be fantastic (laughs) (laughs) and i've just brought it in for probably my favorite book of the series so well well it would not be an episode of a book and a bev if i was not drinking wine so here we are again And I, that's it. I love that's it. That's all you're getting from me. Drinking wine. <laughs> I love that's it. it. That's it. I, look, Bryony told me today that she was drinking Fireball and I was supposed to be drinking Shadows. Like, it was like an Alizé with Shadows, similar to what I was supposed to be drinking when I got really, really drunk on part one of Crown of Midnight. But I decided against that and I looked in my fridge and I was like, oh, I don't have Coke because I was going to have like Fireball and Coke. I was going to be like, oh, I'll have a little bit of a mixture. I didn't have Coke. So I had a Jack Daniels in the fridge. So I just added Fireball to my Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh, Georgia. Lord. Georgia, it is a weeknight. Georgia. I actually really, I really enjoy the taste of Fireball. I didn't it's put lovely. a lot in, I promise. Okay. I've got my. So I've, it's just a little bit of cinnamon flavored to my Jack and Coke. I've got my Fireball with apple juice. So that's like a cinnamon apple vibe, and that is like a fucking gorgeous drink. Oh. All right. Well, what was the vibes for the book? For the book, singular one. Singular, air. not plural. Air. <laughs> not airs. Not airs. Just one singular. Singular air. Like I just said, this is my favorite book of the series, and I am so excited that we are here to talk about this book. As we all know, I'm not really a sporty gal. I don't really do the physical activities, but I imagine that. The way this book makes me feel is how people feel at like a sport grand final or like. I was really wondering where you were going to go with that. I was like, why why (laughs) Why is she bringing sport into this? (laughs) This book is just everything to me. It is really like where the series is widely considered to like level up. But I mean, I love the whole series. So fuck you all. The expanded (laughs) world, the introduction of. Rowan, it's just too much for my heart to take. The journey, the training, the healing, the trauma, it just hits every mark for me. Well, I feel personally victimised by Rowan Whitethorn and I am okay from that. The things that I would do to have this fictitious fairy man pledge a blood oath to me, my God. (gasps) Kale who? Kale fucking who? Jesus Christ, this book was epic. I am all here for the character development. I loved the little side plot of the witches. I was like, oh, hello. And Aylin's history mm. was just so, so good. But 
Did I get frustrated every time we swapped back to Kale's point of view? Yes, I did. Did I find it hilarious that Dorian fell in love with the first woman who looked at him? Yes, I did. <laughs> but I am in love with this series. Like, it's just, oh, amazing. But terrified for my well-being because I know shit is going to go down in future books and my <laughs> mental health is not stable enough to enjoy anything happening to Rowan and Aelin. And I'm terrified. <laughs> I love, we've just been sitting here waiting for you to go on the kale journey. We've just been like, yes. Just wait, just wait. Oh, uh, my, my face literally already hurts from smiling it so hurts. much. And you've just <laughs> said how you felt. <laughs> well, fuck me sideways and call me Sally. I forgot how much I love this book. I should have said, fuck me sideways and call me, um, what's her name? Philippa. <laughs> Philippa. <laughs> fuck me sideways and call me Philippa. Oh. I forgot how much I love this book. It isn't my all-time favourite in the series, but it is up there. It is where the game changes, as Bryony said. It's got it all. It's got world building, friendship, love hope like honestly what more can you ask for it's also got some death a lot of death it's got some death and you know it's also got a very hot broody fae and he likes to bite and that's really awesome for him anyway this book honestly is one of my favorites you can tell from the get-go that sarah knows what's going on and she's planning something very very big and she just delivers at every turn for me in this series it's just like she has planned everything out to a T and she knows already right now what is happening at the end of the series. Everything is leading up. Everything is piling together. Everything is making perfect sense. And even when you jump to the next book of Assassin's Blade, everything is planned so perfectly that it just makes sense at the end. Sarah is just honestly amazing. She just does such a wonderful job and this series is just brilliant. This book is brilliant. It's so good. I remember reading, oh, sorry, round of applause. I remember reading <laughs> I think I was reading Mist and Fury, and I just got to the bit, spoiler alert, where they find out that they're mates, and Reese had known all along. And I messaged Bryony, and I was like, oh, my God. She's like, he's going through the whole backstory. Everything's making sense. And Calamai and all of this stuff. And Bryony's like, just you wait. Yes, JM <laughs> is a magician for this shit. It's like, oh my god! It's all the li little things that are like just dribbled in there, and you just read it in passing, and then it's like, oh my god! It literally all ties back together. But this episode, as we've said in the past, we are splitting the books for this series into a minimum of two parts because we talk so much shit. So this part will be part one of Air of Fire, which is called Air of Ash. I'm already so excited. I thought you were going to say Air of Ass. Air of Ass. <laughs> episode name done. <laughs> air of ass. Air of ass. The air of ass. Anyway, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's dive right on in like Dorian in the power of pussy. In the <laughs> pussy. Yeah. Oh, well, his pussy's... Mm, Don't talk about it yet. Mm. <laughs> he is well cooked. <laughs> she's well she cooked. She is a kebab, actually, if we're technical about it. <laughs> a kebab. A kebab. A kebab. No, she's a kebab. She's a kebab. Who's Bob? And why is he kebab? <laughs> kebab. All right. Leave all your shish kebabs behind. We are starting <laughs> <laughs> fire. 
Chapter one, we are diving in and our girl is in Gwendolyn. Selena is drunk on a roof, lying in the sun and battered from a bar brawl the night before. Basically, the whole trip over here, because where we left off, remember, Kale had arranged for her to be sent to Gwendolyn to kill the royal family. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But really, he expects her to go into hiding. But she's she's the whole trip over there, all she could think about was Nahemia's words to her. And like the PTSD is strong with this one. The quote we get is, she had made a vow, a vow to free Ilway. In between moments of despair and rage and grief, in between thoughts of Kale and the word keys and all she'd left behind and lost, Selena had decided on one plan to follow when she reached these shores. One plan, however insane and unlikely, to free the enslaved kingdom find and obliterate the word kings the king of Ardlin had used to build his terrible empire. She'd gladly destroy herself to carry it out, just her, just him, just as it should be. No loss of life beyond their own, no soul stained but hers. It would take a monster to destroy a monster. God, that's rough. Yeah. I know in the past we've spoken about how, like, in some books, you know, the character grieves their loss and then they come out and she's not there. She's, she's not a butterfly not... coming out of her cocoon. Absolutely mm -mm. not. She's not. Well, Selena has decided not to kill her targets, which are the King and Prince of Wendelin, but she has chosen to seek out Maeve, her crazy auntie. She mm. wants answers about how to destroy the word keys so she can return to Adeline and just fuck shit up, essentially. Nice. But paint me a family tree here. <laughs> the Wendelin Royals are related to whom? Her, her father or her mother? Mother. Maeve's related to her... Mother. mother? So where does Daddy come into it? Aylin's <laughs> mum is an Ash River. She's from Wendelin, and the Ash Rivers descend from not... Is it Mab or is Mab, Mab. another family tree that I'm ignoring? Mab is Rowan. No. No. Because there's no. there's the three no. sisters, Maeve, Mab, and what's the other one? Mora. Yeah. So that's the Ash Rivers. Who's the Galathinius's? Just Oren. That is the daddy's side. And is daddy magical? Daddy is Terrison, which is from the same family line, I think, as Gavin. So Our, our dear friend Gav. It's making sense. It's making sense. So... Daddy is not magic, mummy's magic. Yes. And somehow we just became super magic. Yes. All super right. ultra powerful magic. Because remember, she's the main character, so she's got to have special powers. That's right. That is yeah. right. Okay. We've placed everyone now. We know where we all belong, hopefully. And somehow we're all loosely kind of. related. Kind of sounds like it's a very distant it... way. Like how all humans. We do not all humans yeah. are related, if you believe the Christian Bible, remember? Like, all back there with Adam and Eve. So, you know, it's kind of in that very distant way. And if you don't have an issue with that, you shouldn't have an issue with this. And either way, we do not speak of the relationship. Absolutely not. It doesn't exist. The family. We shan't speak of it ever again. Just having flashbacks to Caleb. It's just... Stop it. Don't! Don't you bring him up right now. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're moving on. It's We're fine. moving on. Selena is watching the castle to occupy her time, and she's essentially just drinking herself stupid every day to deal with her crumbling mental health. Woo! And that's that's great. Woo! To be quite honest with you, she kind of sounds like me when I drink vodka, which is very alarming. <laughs> we don't give Ellie vodka. No, no Ellie gets mean. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So one day she notes how the gates are, have opened and Galvin. It was Gallon. Gallon. <laughs> Galvin. <it> was Gallen. <laughs> Not Gavin. 
or Galen, not their child, Galvin. Um, <laughs> Galen. Gay relations, Galvin. Galvin. Galvinized steel. <laughs> okay. One day she notices that the gates open from the castle and Galen Ash River rides on out on his little horse and everyone's cheering and clapping for him in the streets like a hero oh, that he is. Galvin! Oh. Galvin! Wait, that's your son! <laughs> oh, God. Live reenactment there for you all. Please enjoy. You're welcome. <laughs> so she ends up wandering down an alleyway and ends up being mistaken by a homeless woman for another homeless woman because that is just how terrible she looks. But then... A deep male voice chuckles behind her, and it is love at first sight. Well, it is for me, but it's definitely not. <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. Just, just in my love. Yeah, it's hate at first sight, but we love that. Anyway, so we find out that the man was a bay. So she turns around, she's like, "Oh shit!" Who are you? And we get this description: tall, broad-shouldered, every inch of him seemingly corded in with muscle. He was a male, blooded with power. He paused in a dusty shaft. <laughs> dusty shaft. I touched his dusty shaft. <laughs> Oh my god, it's funny because he does probably have a dusty shaft. It's been a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, we're just going to eat past that. So, he paused in a dusty shaft of sunlight, his silver hair gleaming. A wicked looking tattoo was etched down the left side of his harsh face. The whirls of black ink stark against his sun kissed skin. Basically, he is hot as fuck, but he's also a little bit scary as fuck, which is just the way we like them. Had those same words in my head. <laughs> he then, he, he sniffs at her, which oh. is unusual, but okay. And she realises that he could basically out her secret as a princess so quickly because he'll be like, I know who you are, bitch. So she quickly changes the situation and tries to stop him from saying who she is. And Selena go ends up going with him, but she's also notably conscious to hide her scars, like her manacle scars on her wrist. She's trying to conceal her trauma from him because she doesn't want to give him any leverage against her. And Selena's bo- mental dialogue at this stage is borderline suicidal. She is not in a good spot. No, she is not. So they end up leaving and she knows that he's been brought by Maeve, her crazy aunt, to like come and get her and, you know, go meet her, whatever. So she ends up leaving with him. We just keep finding out these little mini descriptions of Rowan and how he's sexy. His name is obviously Rowan. (laughs) We do find that out. And then they just hop on trot and they head on in to see Aunt Maeve. So side note, story time. So I don't know if I mentioned this when we recorded Akatar, but occasionally the first time I read a book, I don't absorb the entirety of the descriptions and my brain just inserts random shit. So like the first time I read Akatar and you met Reese, I read how he was pale from being under the mountain and I went, he's now vino. He has like a white <laughs> hair, like he is, he is translucent. And that is definitely not who <laughs> you get at any range. <laughs> Mm-mm. He's not. On Mm-mm. that note, if you think that's bad, just sit with that for a second. Because the first <laughs> time I read Air of Fire, Mm-mm. I thought Rowan had purple skin. The entire oh my- book <laughs> had purple wow. skin. I don't know. There's nowhere. And I, I, I was like, maybe he was wearing like a purple shirt. 
No. No. Nowhere is there purple. And my brain just gone, he's fucking purple, isn't he? And I've stuck he's with an it. Alien. And I've still gone, he's fucking hot, but he's purple. I'll stick with it. So just imagine this entire book as we're falling in love with Rowan. We're like, is it going to be something? Is it not? We don't know. And I'm like, he's purple, but I'm into it. And then purple. I start Queen of Shadows and I'm like, why isn't he purple anymore? <laughs> he's changed colour. That was my story time. I hope you all like that. Oh, God. I am deeply concerned for your brain <laughs> and what you find attractive. Look, and- I read monster romance, so Good. I can't talk. Good. It's like, this is an average Tuesday. Yeah. What's new? Purple skin? That doesn't change anything, really. It's just the colour of his skin. A dragon with two penises, however, <laughs> that is a different story. <laughs> Takes a slow sip of alcohol. well we're gonna bypass purple skinned fairy man because he is not purple skinned he is in fact beautiful just gorgeously golden well to be quite fair i'm that in love with him i probably wouldn't care if he was blue so well that's that's exactly i just love his gorgeously golden ass just all about it his bum yeah just everything about him (laughs) i was trying to bring air of ass (laughs) we were both like Everything about him. Everything about him. I'm just including his bottom. We haven't seen his bottom yet. I don't even need to see it. (gasps) I'm just thinking about it. Ah, That's funny. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're moving on now. And now we're in Kale's point of view. And he's having dreams about Selena killing him and Dorian. He is having nightmares about Selena killing Archer but then it turns into Dorian and then her face doesn't change as she starts fucking him. You know how but, he was really traumatised by Selena's face when she was killing Archer and how she seemed like to breathe it in? He thinks, yeah. like, that's her orgasm face. So then he imagines her killing Archer, then it becomes Dorian, then he sees her with that face riding him. Oh, my God, I just skimmed right over that fucking trauma. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just yeah. I think every time Kale was mentioned, I just was <laughs> like, You're a fucking little bitch, you're a bitch, mm-hmm. you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. So, I know. Well, I kind of think that he needs some serious in depth therapy at this point because his daddy issues are showing, and it's not a good yeah. thing. But he's also <laughs> struggling to keep Dorian at a distance because he's kind of like, I don't want to be involved with your magic fingers, they freak me out, and also it's better for you. If I don't know, because if the king were to torture me to find out, I don't know. I would break because I'm a little bitch. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, next minute. fucking bitch. He really is, isn't he? Mm. Next minute, they're having a lunch. And an Adian Ash River, a.k.a. the Wolf of the North, a.k.a. Aelin's cousin, but not that type of cousin, walks in. Jesus Christ. I'm I'm not even responding to that. We need to preface this because now we've got multiple cousins here. One of them we fuck, one of them we do not. He is not not a cousin! cousin. (laughs) They literally state they are loosely related. It's okay. I still love him. I just... (laughs) They're bonded because they're very, very closely related cousins. They're not fucking cousins. I know. But there's also... They're like... Mm. One singular cousin. He's like many, 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 okay. many, 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 many distant cousins. But riddle me this. A lot many. of people are saying, like, you and Aelin should get married and then, like, think about that In union the way the that, throne. like, the royal family Game of fucks Thrones. each other. Like, they try to... Of the pegging. Yeah. 
Yeah, Prince of Peking. <laughs> Adrian Wood, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, we've got a quote. Let's describe him, shall we? Handsome was a light way of describing what Adrian was. Overwhelming was more like it. Towering and heavily muscled, Adrian was every inch the warrior rumor claimed him to be. Every inch. Every inch. Every inch. I also love that we're in Kale's point of view when we're getting this description. And Kale is so heterosexual, it's not funny. I also really do like him. I like this man. Not as much as Rowan, but if yeah. Rowan was indisposed, I could be indisposed. <laughs> yeah, look but there. there's a slight flaw because he is wearing a black ring that was given to him by the king and appears to be working for the king. So red flags are appearing. He also has the sword of Orinth, which is the sword of the Terrasen royal family. So he's doing the king's dirty work with Aelin's rightful sword and Kale is not a happy chappy. What does what what leg does he have to fucking stand on? Look, fuck off, Kale. Fair. We discover that Dorian, Kale, and Aiden butt heads, and they don't get along. And we get this quote, which is just like, <laughs> Aiden chuckled, finishing off the lamb. I am His Majesty's faithful servant, as I have always been. Those Ashriver eyes once more settled on Dorian. Perhaps I'll be your horse someday too. At this stage, I would like to make a mention for the bisexual energy that is just exploding out of this man. Oh my fucking god. That is a sandwich that I would like to be a part of. Okay, hear me out. Dorian, Kale, and Adian in one room wearing nothing. Look, if you take Kale out, there is another character we will meet in this series that I would put in that triangle. I was going to say, I liked the vibe the mount, the kitty cat was given off. Yeah, Gavriel. Oh, Gavriel. <gasps> Gavri- That's a whole nother trauma train to get a hold of, Ellie. <laughs> We've got it. We're getting, we're getting sidetracked, guys. Adian also somehow knows that Baba Yellowlegs was killed. So you're like, oh, he knows things. How does he know things? But Kale decides to get Dorian out of there and then he's a right dick about it. He asks Dorian if he's stable. Which is just, mm. and he tries to justify it by saying to Dorian, the quote is, I don't want details, he murmured, so the guards posted outside Dorian's door couldn't hear, because I don't want my knowledge used against you. I know I've made mistakes, Dorian, believe me, I know, but my priority has always been, and still is, keeping you protected. But when Dorian asks Kale for more information about, like, why he sent Selena away, Kale doesn't give it to him and he just leaves. So they've got this, like ice wall of heterosexuality blocking their gay love story. <laughs> True. And then a hot new bombshell has entered the mansion and it is Manon Blackbeak. Where in her point of view, she is an iron teeth witch and is heir to the Blackbeak witch clan. She has been found in a small village and these men basically are coming to her little cottage to kill her. But she's like, you know reverse that on these men and is going to kill them first so we get these quotes she counted to 10 because she wanted to hunt and had been that way since she tore through her mother's womb and came roaring and bloody into this world i'm so sorry ellie just take a minute take a minute (laughs) i'm sorry we should clarify that when witches are born they kill their mothers Like, they literally tear out of them and kill them. I feel like that's not a good vibe. (laughs) I would not be leaning. Who would want to get pregnant? Maybe I'm not fully correct. Maybe it's just most of the time they kill them. Honestly, can't remember all the details, but that's the impression is that they basically come literally tearing out. 
Like it, there's no, there's no vaginal canal births. It is all for cesarean, but the baby's the one coming out. <laughs> the baby. Oh <laughs> Hello, grandmummy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It's like it's like a scary witch version of the alien movie where it's like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm. So then Manon is on the hunt, and another quote we get is the man began whispering a plea to his soft-hearted gods as Manon led him back towards the lone window. Let him think he stood a chance while she stalked towards him. Still smiling, the man didn't even scream before she ripped out his throat. Yikes. Basically, from this introduction, we realise she is a badass and her duty is to kill all of the crocken witches. I do appreciate the fact that her eye and teeth are retractable. So yes, she's not they're constantly, not just... yeah, they're not just sitting in there like Baba Yellow Legs. Is that just, mm. <clears throat> yeah, does not sit well with me? Neither does the whole room shredding aspect of that, but that's fair. Okay, it's fine mm. because we're back with Rowan and he and Selena have stopped for the night. And I will use Selena and Aelin interchangeably throughout the rest of this book. I do apologise. We find out that there are little fairies watching her, like little tiny baby fairies. Tiny baby fairies. Yeah, little <laughs> tiny ones. They apparently made like some form of ancient vow to Terrison and are still kind of somewhat fulfilling it. it it's not very clear at this point, but apparently they're cute. And she just sees their little eyes out in the wilderness watching her. Uh, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's cute. I'd be like, fuck <laughs> that right off. <laughs> fuck you. You little munchkin. <laughs> you little munchkin cunt. <laughs> fuck right off. <laughs> munchkin cunt. Heir <laughs> of the munchkin cunt. That sounds fucked. <laughs> oh, fuck. There's probably uh, a weird fan fiction out there with that name. No yeah, doubt there is. Attraction. It's like the foreskin <laughs> necklace. Oh, God. Uh, but yes, so Dorian ends up having to babysit Adian in the next chapter they go for a little stroll around the castle grounds and adian is like a fucking school kid and just pushes dorian into a thorn bush and i'm just like that is you're so silly you're so silly when dorian goes to see a healer it's the same young healer that has come to help both like him selena kale fleetfoot the night of like the portal open the whole scooby-doo game and his the scooby-doo gang yeah and He's like, wow, she's really pretty. Why have I never noticed her before? Dorian. And, yeah. Dorian. She tells him subtly that she hasn't kept records of those nights that she's been coming to heal them and their injuries. And we find out that her name is Saoirse, and apparently she is low-key in love with the prince. Just very quietly, though. Yeah. Which is never a good sign. He's he's so easy to love. He just looked at her once and was like, my wife, I would go to the ends like, of the what? earth for you. Absolutely. He's just got so much love to give. He didn't get very far, though, because she did get, her head did get yeeted. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're back with Rowan now. We're fine. Everything's dandy. He and Selena are travelling for days and days, barely speaking. Selena is in a masochistic spiral, enjoying her pain because she feels as though she deserves it for everything that's happened, especially Nehemia. She's not, she's really not over that, which mm-hmm. I mean, fair enough. She was. He ain't coping. Sliced and diced. We just, it's not a good her time. were outed. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really were. They then arrive at a mountain slope covered in rocks, which essentially looks like a fortress. It is a fortress, in fact. 
it doesn't just look like one. It is one. <laughs> it is. There are lots of towers and magic wards and it's all protected and hidden away. When they get through into the fortress, Maeve, queen of the Fae, was sitting at a desk, which sounds very beneath her, but yet here she is. And again, I'm picturing Maeve from The Boys, the TV show. With like black hair though. Mm. Anyway, then we get this quote. And then came the word she'd been dreading for 10 years. Hello, Aelin Galathinius. <laughs> oh no. Oh, God. And I just love, because Aelin comes straight back with this, Aelin Galathinius is dead. Just speaking her name aloud, the damned name she had dreaded and hated and tried to forget, Maeve smiled, revealing sharp little canines. Let us not bother with lies. It wasn't a lie. That girl, that princess had died in a river a decade ago. Selena was no more Aelin Galathinius than she was any other person. I'm sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. She's dead. She died in a river oh, 10 years ago. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. So we start off with these quotes to describe Maeve. Maeve was fearsome, her in her perfection, utterly still, eternal and calm, and radiating ancient grace, the dark sister to her, the fair-haired map. And Maeve, the face of a thousand legends and nightmares, epics and poems and songs had been written about her, so many that some even believed she was just a myth. But here was the dream, the nightmare made flesh. That's what I want to be described as. Like, on my resume, it's, the dream, the nightmare made flesh. <laughs> Can also really organize your filing well. I was going to say resume. Prospective employees will be like, hmm, she sounds no. like an ideal candidate. <laughs> Aelin is like, hell no, but stays. And Maeve introduces Rowan as Prince Rowan, which is just making me feel all sorts of things. Apparently, and remember, we're just going to really ignore this because... Apparently, he is a very, very distant relative of Aelin's other aunt, which we're ignoring and shall never speak of again. Goodbye. Why do they all have to be related? That's just my question. We're not talking about it. We're not. I'm literally, I have no. Uh, it is one of the things that I am unhappy with is that she even had to put it out there because she didn't. No, she there really is no didn't. Need. I haven't read the rest of the series, but in this book, there is no need for them to be related. It's fine. Right. Well, we're going to swiftly move on from their distant relations because they're not that closely related that they'd have birth defects if they were to populate that. <laughs> Apparently, Maeve has another skin. And I completely glossed over this bit because I'm still hung up on being in love with our second cousin. But anywho, the quote is, There were legends whispered over fires about the other skin Maeve wore. No one had lived to tell anything beyond shadows and claws and a darkness to devour your soul. Well, that just sounds a bit concerning, really. But I'm sure Sarah's going to circle on back to that in later books, which is just delightful. Just on a side note, it's giving me, like, you know how Reese has his other, like, his weird monster form that he goes into, but that mm. no one really knows about. And then when you see it in the Battle of Highburn, it's like the Court of Nightmares creatures. True. It's giving me that vibe. That is true. Potentially. I'm just theorizing at this stage. Well, that's it. It's all theories. We just have <laughs> theories. Why? Look, there are theories. I'm just going to tell you this because, like, it's just a theory. Okay. A theory. 
And they'll come, I'm not going to expand on it other than there are theories that there's a possibility that recent and another person in the SJM universe have similar skill sets. Yeah, there's similarities between them and Maeve. Nothing is confirmed. Nothing is confirmed. It's just you, theories. You learn more through the book series about as their to skill what. set. Interesting, interesting. Anyways, let's go. <laughs> I am intrigued. I am intrigued because we don't know what Rhysand's surname is, do we? No, still don't. Throughout the entire series, yeah, all, all the series, we don't know. Yeah. Okay, that's intriguing. So Maeve ends up saying that she has heard that Aelin has been asking some questions about the word keys. She says that she'll tell her about this, but Aelin first needs to prove herself by using her magic fingers because they don't allow half-breeds into Doranel without good reason. Fingers. <laughs> like, if you want these answers, you're going to have to do some great fingering before you even get a word out of me. Bend over, let's go. <laughs> Why is there a big wind Talking up? about hypnotising giant penises, let's talk about my hypnotising magic fingers. Oh, God. Just very fast jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> All of them at once. Just up in that crevice. <laughs> oh. It's the dark hole. It's the darkness that lives within her. <laughs> Think of that dark hole. Oh, God. Right. Well, no, it's just the magic coming from her fingers, not coming with the magic fingers. It's fine. She has to train with Prince Rowan until he deems her fit. So there are worse things to happen in the world. That's fine. We can accept this. She and Rowan wander to her chambers, which are quite less glamorous than that of Adeline's. And Rowan says to her, I fought on killing fields long before you, your parents, or your grand uncle were even born. We love a good age gap. We do. My centuries is good. Yeah, look, I'm so, still more um, okay with that than I am the distant relative. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, look, yeah. So she tells him that she basically hates him and then he punches her. Straight in the face. And I clearly read too many dark romances because this made me really horny. <laughs> and I know, like, so many people on social media are like, oh, my God, it's not a good relationship. How could you ever root for them when he punches her in the face? And I'm like, well, she punches him back. Like, she's trying to hit him. Like, fuck her. And she low-key kind of fucking deserves it. Like, she's being... She's self-deprecating right now. Like, she's, like, they are, drowning in that rabbit hole. They're mirrors for each other in this way they're both in really dark places and they're literally just gonna fuck shit up it's just it's fine just ignore it it's fine i will make a note that we get this mental dialogue between them on page 63 like she watches his face and thinks of him responding to her with whole ass sentences and that continues throughout this book but this is the first time i did pick that up i was highlighting those bits and i was like this sounds Familiar. Doesn't it? Hmm. Does it not? Hmm. Doesn't it? So she has to start her training the next day. And basically she also will work in the kitchen in the mornings. And then she'll go training with Rowan in the Arbo. And we basically find out that he is a lot better than her at fighting. Like he is whooping her ass. Which 
we've seen her whoop nearly everyone else's ass and Everyone's, for someone yeah. to be whooping hers now just mm. we get this quote to end up that chapter which is so selena turned away from the stars nestling under the threadbare blanket against the frigid cold and closed her eyes trying to dream of a different world a world where she was no one at all she's really just hating her fucking self but we leave that trial behind nice. just put that over there for the moment and we're back in Manon's point of view. We learn that her grandmother, the High Witch of the Blackbeak Clan, is talking to a duke. Manon is a part of the 13, which is, I went to say which is, but it, they're witches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> witches, witches. A group of witches called the 13, whom were born and raised together. And we get this quote, which is, when you were one of Manon's 13, with whom she had fought and flown for the past 100 years, Often just the name of the coven was enough to send enemies fleeing. The 13 did not have a reputation for mercy or making mistakes. We learn of two of the 13 and their names, which are Asterin and Sorrel. Asterin is Manon's second and Sorrel is her third. And when their matron is done speaking with this duke, she advises Manon to send everyone to the Ferian Gap, every clan, all of their kin, grab all your wives, all your children, send them there. The king has made them an <laughs> offer. <laughs> he wants them to be his aerial legion, and he has been breeding what I say is wyvern, and what Georgia says is wyvern. <laughs> wyvern. In the gap all of these years. Interesting. Super interesting. interesting. Super. I shall also refer to them as wyverns. So, Kale, we're back with stale letters now. Enjoy. He arrives at the castle and some guards are missing from their posts, which is unusual. Turns out, Adian had invited them to a party and said that Kale would be a-okay with this adventure. He was indeed incorrect. <laughs> Very much so. So when Kale arrives at the party, he can't find Adian anywhere. Where is he? The party, this part essentially turns into literally every kid's picture book ever. Everyone says he's here. He's not here, but my, wait, wait, is he over here? No, he's not under the leaf. That's an egg. Or maybe he's in the tree. Not in the tree. That's a cat. It's like that. That's an egg. Look, I was trying to think of something and that's all I could come up with. Anyway, he's not there. Turns out we don't know where he is. Interesting, 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 interesting. Super interesting. So our girl doesn't want anyone to know who she is. So when she gets on kitchen duty, she introduces herself as the name that Nahimi gave her, which is Alentia. I'm not okay. So that's really traumatic. Um, awesome. So the head cook is Emery and his helper is Luca. She tells them to give her basically any work. And after Emery sees her hands and the scars that were on him, he's very, he's very upset about that. We end up learning that Emery is queer, which is awesome and his mate is a male and he's a fae and he can shift but majority of the people here well he's not a fae he's a half breed <laughs> that's what they call them is that a, no you're like that's what they call you're them you're like what the your notes say but the majority of the people here can't shit <laughs> <laughs> they're they all constipated all of them. <laughs> so majority of the people there can't shift and they don't really have any magic but there are a rare few that get taken to Doranel, which is Maeve's city it's Maeve's special city mm, special. secret special place <laughs> we get this quote luca opened his mouth but emery's hushed him again 
His gaze falling on Selena's scarred hands let her run her own course. Lucas started chattering about the weather and Selena headed to the mountain of dishes as she washed. She fell into a rhythm, as she had done while cleaning her weapons aboard that ship. The kitchen sounds turned muffled as she let herself spiral down, contemplating that horrible realisation again and again. She could not remember what it was like to be free. This is fine. So we go from that and we're straight back into Manon's POV, Manon, Manon, we're Australian, Manon. Um, We learn that they and the other clans are in the Farian Gap awaiting orders. The clans are fighting between themselves like little school kids even though they're not supposed to. And Astrin took a pretty bad beating from Manon for starting a fight. To summarise, the yellow legs are the fucking scum of the earth. Yeah, we hate the yellow legs. <laughs> the black beak and the blue bloods, they are all right. They're, they're all right, you know? Yeah. They're good. Astrin took a beating from Manon for starting a fight, but they're basically they're basically besties, you know? They won't admit that they're besties, though, because they're witches and they don't have any friends or hearts or souls. Manon is like... We said she's a part of the Black Beaks, and we get this quote, which is, Obedience, discipline, and brutality were the most beloved words in the Black Beak clan. All else was to be extinguished without a second thought. And apparently the Blue Blood witches are like religious fanatics, so we're kind of getting these glimpses into witch culture dynamics. It's like an extremely intense matriarch, and we meet the other Iron Teeth heirs. So Manon is the heir for the Black Beaks, there's Petra, the heir for the Blue Bloods, and Iskra, who is the Yellow Legs heir, who who seems like a right cunt. Um, She's a fucking cunt. <laughs> she is what we call cooked. Much she, like she is cooked. She's fairly well cooked. Oh, Sorsha's very fairly well cooked. Oh, <laughs> Sorsha's very dead. She is. That's very what I mean. Well like she's, she's, well, she's done. well done. Yeah. Look, thanks for that. <laughs> The quote we get for the description of the heirs is that as heirs, their foremost duty was to protect their high witches, even if it meant sacrificing themselves. Manon's like, while they're moving through the Farian Gap and kind of all greeting each other and talking amongst themselves, she says that the tunnels they are in smell like the two people that were with the Duke, which was not human and not natural. Super interesting. And who do you think was with the Duke? It was Caltain and whatever the fuck his name was. Roland. 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 That's right. Not rolling up into a bowl and put them in your vagina. <laughs> no, that's so oh, dear Lord. No, it is that one. Yeah, it is. In it, fact, it, that one. It, it is that one. But you don't. He's not rolled up in anyone's vagina at the moment. We, we'd hope no, not. He's not. He's um. There's still a lot of time in the day, but he's not there yet. They end up meeting the Wyverns. 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 Take your pick. You've got options. We the meet dragons. Numero uno. Titus. He is a brute. He is just batshit crazy. They basically use the runts of the litter as fighting dogs and they're like baited and it's hectic. Not a great time. But the witches now have to choose their women so they can choose them as like their mountain right off into the sunset, into battle and whatever. Of course our crazy They girl... do not mount them like that though. Stop it! They... <laughs> Why did you make it weird? You're reading too much monster romance, George. She is. We're not fucking them. We do not We're fuck. We're not fucking them. She's in a deep period of reflection. <clears throat> no, so we're not mounting them in that way. We are saddle- saddling them <laughs> to sit on their backs, not their faces or in any other place, just on their back. 
So obviously Manon, because she's equally as batshit crazy, wants to select Titus because he is the biggest and the baddest match made in heaven. It is at this point I'd like to point out that I am picturing these wivens as cute overgrown dragons when in fact they are literally the complete opposite. That's okay. Yeah. I literally Um, imagine them as, like, the mix between a dragon and, like, a horse. (laughs) I only picture Abraxos as... Toothless. Toothless. Yeah, that's the only thing I will picture him as because that is, like, the best. It's just him. Like, you cannot tell me that it's not him. Yeah. Like, so we end up growing to really love Luca and Emery as our girl works alongside them in the kitchen. Rowan takes her out after she's finished a full day in the kitchen. He asks her to shift. She obviously cannot, and he just beats her ass because of it, but not in the sexual way. (laughs) Again, sorry. He calls her a coward, and she ends up shutting down. She tries to reach in and like get to the power that's within her because she's like well fuck you I'm not a fucking coward because obviously that's what Nahemia called her before she mm-hmm. was dead but nothing's there nothing's there she's knocking on a door and no one is answering they end up sauntering into some weird forest thing um that's basically like alive and Rowan's like all right you got a death wish good fucking luck bye I love Rowan's like if you want to die, here's your golden opportunity. Go your hardest. <laughs> There's this weird-ass creature in the hill mound alive, the hills are alive situation, oh, and wow. it basically makes her re- revisit her worst nightmares. Did you just say <laughs> the hills have eyes? I said the hills are alive. I made a sound oh, of music God. reference. Not with the, the sound, sound of the music. Your nightmares. <laughs> oh, and Sorry. your PTSD. <laughs> Um, you thought we were talking so, about the hills have eyes, the weird incest movie. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. It no. would make sense. <laughs> Georgia, take it back. Cetera, et cetera. They haven't fucked, so it's fine. Yet. I'm just, no, take it back. <laughs> Ellie's like, yet. <laughs> it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So this creature makes Selena revisit her worst nightmares, like her parents' death, Nehemia's death. She ends up peeing her pants and then vomits all over herself and runs. And when she's able to get clear and she makes it to Rowan, like she ends up shifting. She then you said she shits herself. She shits herself oh, as well. No. She just in front she of him. The trifecta. <laughs> she's like, wait, hold that thought. Behold my behind. <laughs> <laughs> She then passes out as well, and when she wakes up, Rowan is like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but you're a little bitch. (laughs) And we get some more mental discussions from them, which seems super healthy. The quote we get is, she might have roared about using specifics to escape his bargain to bring her to Doronel, but when his eyes met hers again, he seemed to say that things should not have been there. Then what in the hell was that, you stupid bastard? She silently shot back. She then realised that she obviously pissed her pants and um, he takes her back to the bathing chambers at the fortress so she can, you know, clean herself up from her urination. Cool. (laughs) Strong start, Selena. Strong start. She really made a good impression. She was like, hello, let me piss everywhere. (laughs) Stand there. Stand there and watch, please. Hold that thought. (laughs) Just my natural mask. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Bab, 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 bab. Come come here. With my magic fingers. (laughs) Why is it now that I'm looking at my drink and it makes me think of urine? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
Oh, apologies. Drinks it anyways. Look, for some reason, I'm managing to get all of these fucking stale letters chapters, and here we are again with that. <laughs> he's planning on following Adian tonight to wherever he's run off the fuck to. But in the meantime, he needs to ask his daddy for more time in Ardalan. And his father has basically been like, right, you get two months, that's it. Then you owe me a favor because that's how parenting works. It's transactional. It is. It yes. is indeed. <laughs> I so, brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. it. That is literally <laughs> my mother's threat to me all the time. I love that. I love that. I know. I keep saying to my mum, you better be nice to me, otherwise I will put you in a home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyhow, we then flip to Dorian and Saoirse has been asked to attend the Crown Prince's chambers and she goes there. He has a few little injuries that she needs to attend to because of course he does. She gets distracted by him and all that is him and he's like, hmm, say something you like, pretty lady. Essentially. Oh, he actually just says, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, shit. Oops, I forgot I was looking at you. My bad. See ya. Bye. Anyway, the next day, he has a bit more small talk with her, and he finds out that her small village in Fenharu was burned to the ground, but she had always been a healer. So he ends up sending someone to her chambers to ask her what the name of her small village was so he can add it to his private map. And we all know what's going to happen now, don't we? He's going to fall in love we again. Do. He is. He just, he loves, just loves love, you know? Mm. He really should go on The Bachelor. That show is made for him. Yeah. But then yeah. he would have to pick, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, he Polyamory. <laughs> That he should be a Mormon. Now, right? Is it Mormons that are in all relationships? All for one and one for all. <laughs> Isn't it one, the for, one for all indeed. <laughs> anyway, so we flash to the next chapter and we're in Manon's POV. Why is that? Like you, like, you were like, no, fuck this. Fuck this page is too much. Every <laughs> too far. letter must be enunciated. <laughs> so, yeah, we're in Manon's POV. The we basically find out the yellow legs are absolute bastards, which we already knew. But the thirteen and Manon are the bomb.com. <laughs> Strong women. We love them. <laughs> they basically are going to be flying today, and we learn that the witches have ec- like an extra film on their eyes that help them fly, which is super cool. So it just like retracts down. Yeah, they like, just it's blink- like contact lenses. Because <laughs> they used to fly on magic brooms, but then magic left the continent and their brooms are just gathering dust from being used for cleaning utensils. I really wish they didn't have the whole broomstick reference. Like it, it would have just been much cooler if they could fly naturally and not on a broom. Yeah, they're just like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> they play with their arms <laughs> out the straight. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> they're like a helicopter spinning in the circle <laughs> as they land. Stop, guys. How you okay. going? <laughs> So we end up getting this quote, which is, we are the 13. It says 13. (laughs) (laughs) We are the 13. We are the 13. From now until the darkness claims us, let's remind them why. Love that. They fly and make the crossing, which is this big gap in the Farian gap that they were kind of used to test. It's like a drop. It's like a giant drop plummeting to the ground and then they ride up again. Yeah. It's like the Tower of Terror. They, cool. Uh, <laughs> then Grandmommy, it's me, Anastasia, is like, yo, Manon, I need you to be wing leader, aka the leader of all of the witchy clan. And Manon's like, yeah, bro, I got you. I got you, Grandma 
mummy. We also learned that apparently Baba Yellowlegs was like 700 years old and Aelin just was like, yeetus old fetus. Yeetus old fetus. Very old fetus. My God. We're back now with Selena and she looks like shit, which, <laughs> oops, she's been beaten really, very badly by Rowan and also she peed herself, remember? <laughs> we learned she has looked a lot worse when Arabin had beat her to a pulp for disobeying orders. So our girl is used to this type of physical trauma. Doesn't excuse it, Rowan. Does not, but I still do like you. It's kind of hot, though. <laughs> Something is wrong with us. <laughs> she ends up going to the kitchen and Emery and Luca are like, what in the actual fuck has happened to your face? Which is when we meet Malachi. And he's like, oh, that's a lovely black eye. But she does not give a single shit what they think. Because she's still all dark and moody and twisted. Yeah, she doesn't want she's to accept anyone's through. kindness because she doesn't think she deserves it. No, the poor little mm. possum. At training, Rowan wants her to shift into her fae form. He essentially sits on her, not on her face. Also would have been very weird, <gasps> but no. Oh, fucking wish. <laughs> mm, he just... Damn, you can rout my face like a damn train. <laughs> what? <laughs> a train? Why is it? Why? Why is a train riding you? You ride a train. You get on the train. train is on the train. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You ride a train, and he could ride me. You're the train. The train. <laughs> You're the train. <laughs> choo choo on a board. <laughs> On a board. On a board. It's like that. It was like a credit card. <laughs> My brain wanted to do like a really bad, like swipe your nose, like it's a boarding pass joke, but I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't commit. I only just understood what that lyric means. Mm. It's like the sinner, sinner guy, how he was just getting his schnoz all up in her crevices. Oh, he was too. He liked sniffing her rectum. He he swiped <laughs> he his nose. Love. He swiped oh his nose God. like a credit card. He did. He was more like did. a fucking... So he's sitting on her, basically waiting in the freezing cold for her to shift, but she still doesn't. Almost definitely they would both have hypothermia. Not a fun mm. time. Mm-mm. They essentially hate each other in equal amounts, but we see through this because we know that they are destined for more. Give me all of the angsty training. It's just building the sexual tension and I am here for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. She then goes to eat dinner and Emery, Malachi and all of the demi fay folk are hovering around the kitchen. Emery starts telling peasants, scary... if you will. Oh, yes, the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> the half-breeds. The employees. The staff. <laughs> Emery starts telling a story about scary monsters and we see Rowan's animal form for the first time. A hawk. The same hawk that had apparently been watching her at the beginning of the book, which I failed to notice. Because she poked her tongue out at it. She was like, when she was drunk <laughs> on the rooftop, she was like, say <laughs> it. He would have just been like, what the fuck is your problem? Anyway. He's like, what the fuck is this bitch? I'm a bird. <laughs> You're a bird, I'm a bird. She's like flapping her wings. <laughs> Oh, how relevant. But we all know how much I despise birds, like literal worst animal. But I am willing to overlook this. Look at me, ignoring all of the red flags. Cousins, birds, a little bit of physical abuse. They are perfect for each other (laughs) and you cannot tell me otherwise. Well, they end up asking her to tell stories from the terrace. She says, no, thank you very much. 
fuck you all and goes to bed. Yeah, she's so like, no thanks. Thank you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Thanks for no thanks. Um, hard pass <laughs> thanks on for that. No. Back in Dorian's point of view, Dorian keeps finding excuses to go see Saoirse because we are absolutely not surprised by this development. She's cute. He likes her. Again, no surprises here. She starts asking questions about what happened that night, a.k.a. the night that Fleetfoot was injured because he was nearly takeaway dinner. And Dorian gets oh. all like... Leo! <laughs> yeah. about that. Oh. God. Dorian gets so worked up thinking about it all that his magic gets crazed and his magic erupts. He just magically ejaculates all over the room um, and oh, hits the driver. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's just... Throwing thick rose <laughs> ejaculate, magical oh ejaculate, and magical ejaculate, and Spider-Man. Um, but no, he actually just magically hits the drywall. So no, thank you, sir. Sorsha basically pretends it was her that she slipped and fell and disrupted her entire office so she gets told off by her boss but then she offers to help Dorian with his issues aka daddy phantom hands aka magic fingers aka ice noodles so it's all good it's all all gravy baby Kale is then (laughs) Kale is snooping for Adian and follows him to the docks and is like hmm maybe Adian is working for the rebels or he's in cahoots with them we don't know neck minute Captain of the Guard, who's fucking stupid, has a dagger to his side. This man Um, keeps getting kidnapped so fucking easily. How many times? Same shtick, dude. Same shtick. He would never have gotten that job if he wasn't family friends with the king. Nepotism, baby. Mm. Mm, He is a baby nepo. Nepo baby. (laughs) He is. Oh, a nepo baby. A nepo baby. Fuck me. Tail is taken and Adrian and some of the men who kidnapped him that other time are there. They're like, hi, oh my God, it's so good to see you again. Um, Have you done something to your hair? (laughs) Ah! Get this quote. Kale glanced at the ring on the general's finger. He hadn't been mistaken. It was identical to the ones the King, Perrington, and the others had worn. Adian caught Kale's look and stopped his circling. For a moment, the general stared at him, a glimmer of surprise and amusement darting across his tanned face. Then Adian purred, You've turned out to be a far more interesting man than I thought, Captain. And Adian is like, You know this ring is a fake, right? And Kale just goes, Fuck shit, I have the absolutely worst poker face of all time. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. So Aiden finds out that Kale is with the King's Champion and she's obviously in cahoots with Nehemia. So it's like, well, where does that leave Kale's alliances you know like he basically ends up saying that he's got to kill kale he's like, i've got to do it but kale is like stop alien is alive and alien is shooketh when we think about it it took mm. only this for kale to mm-hmm. know alien's alive so i definitely get why he wouldn't want to know anything about dorian's magic because this man folds he folds mm. real fucking quick oh <laughs> my god does. a secret that she has kept to herself for 10 years Tennis. And he's, he's got two the weeks. person she's told. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. What possible information could I use <clears throat> to save myself? Here's the worst thing I know. <laughs> Literally. Here is my trauma bomb. Take it as you yeah. will. And so Aiden is like, no fucking way. Kayla is like, absolutely yes way, sister. And 
Kale explains basically everything to him. <laughs> you guys know, especially with this series, I'm really enjoying like the really trauma-filled quotes, the ones that get you right in the feelings. So just to really like drizzle this on in, we get this quote from Adian's point of view. Adian Ashriver had been called wolf, general, prince, traitor, and murderer, and he was all of those things and more. Liar, deceiver, and trickster were his particular favourites, the titles only those closest to him knew. Ardalan's whore. That's what the ones who didn't know him called him. It was true in so many ways. It was true and he had never minded it. Not really. It had allowed him to maintain control in the north, to keep the bloodshed down to a minimum and a lie. Half the Bane were rebels, the other half sympathisers. So many of their battles in the north had been staged, the body count a deceit and an exaggeration. At least once the corpses got up from the killing field under the cover of darkness and went home to their families. Ardlin's whore, he had not minded until now. Cousin, that had been his most beloved title. Oh, I'm not that my feelings. Cousin. Fine. Not the fucking cousins. So we discover oh. that... Not the cousin fucking. This isn't Credence. So we discover oh. that Adian bl- had blamed himself for not being there <laughs> to protect Aelin, despite being 13 at the time that her whole family was killed, but that's fine. <laughs> Georgia is absolutely done with us now. Hi. She can't handle the incest. I don't like it. <laughs> Stop it. So Kayla's is basically like, guess what? I want to make a deal with you, bro. And that's where we leave that chapter. We jump into the next one and we're, it's just like, fuck you. You don't get to find out what the deal is. Absolutely not. Flashing to Selena's point of view and she's dead inside, which is great. Rowan keeps trying to make her shift. And do you guys remember back in some of our earlier episodes, we had George's list of things that shouldn't turn her on, but they do anyways. Well, welcome to mine. And page one is daddy trauma, aka Rowan Whitethorn. So the quote is, Such dead, joyless eyes. She had a feeling she looked like that these days. She knew she had looked like that the night Kale had caught her gutting archer in the tunnel. What had left Rowan so soulless? That turned you on? Yeah, like, I'm like, he's so broken. Oh, my God, he's so sad. (laughs) She's like, yes, fuck. (laughs) Might happen there. She's like, oh, my God, he's so sad, so hot. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, one day she asks him to shift and he does like a good little boy. And then he appears again, clothed, unfortunately clothed. He's a good boy. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck was that? (laughs) What do you mean? We like the good boys. Not the boy. I like a good girl. You don't like the Uh. boy? I, I, I think I need a different, like, praise king for men. I can't do it. Book four in the praise series, that's got good boy in it. Good mm. boy. See, good fae. It's, you've got a good male. dom sub vibe. Yeah. The the female is the dom. <laughs> anyway, that'll do, pig. Anyway, <laughs> he's clothed, <laughs> armed, and is like, your turn. She refuses because she cannot. Then he catches her tongue between like, his fingers. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And then he bites her and it's kind of hot. When Tampon yeah, bit Feyre, I was not on board. I was like, mm, no, that's a bit weird and fucked up. But when Rowan bit her, I was like, here, let me see what type of body part I can offer up to you, kind sir. They're arguing and she's insulting Maeve and that's when he grabs her tongue. They just know how to irk the other one and wind the other one up. 
and it's mm-hmm. just this like lash out of frustration and he bites her. We get this quote. He had pinned her against the tree and clamped down harder, his canine digging deep, her blood spilling onto her shirt, pinned like some weakling, but that's what she'd become, wasn't it? Useless, pathetic. She freaks out and then she shifts and she wants to fucking kill him. Next up on my list of things that are deeply arousing is she shifts and she is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And Rowan is like, fantastic. He's all here for it. I'm all here for him. And the quote we get is, Rowan grinned, there you are. Like he's looking at her angry and he's like, yes. It's so, it is so stupidly hot. I cannot. It is outrageously hot. Like someone get the fucking fire extinguisher. But like she immediately is, (laughs) because she's shifted, she's then getting overwhelmed by like the sensations of everything and basically starts to freak out and hold back because she's very scared of her magic. We get this other quote, Rowan prowled closer, let it out, don't fight it. A pulse beat against her, nipping, smelling of snow and pine, Rowan's power taunting hers, not like her fire, but a gift of ice and wind. She tries to kill him, but then her flames, her fire, it's like rising up and up until his magic, ice and wind, is like, absolutely not. You're out. Time out zone. It's beautiful. Fucking hot. She shifts back and Rowan asks her if her lover knows what she is. And she says yes. And Rowan says that he won't bite her again because you don't bite the women of other males. Boring. Kale who? Kale who? Kale who? Selena tells Rowan that she had ended things with Kale because it's easier if he is repulsed by her. And trauma daddy is like, say less, because the people who you love are just weapons that will be used against you. And I mean, from what we know of this series so far, he's speaking absolute truth bombs. So that's fine. That's exactly right. We then get this really, really, really terrible moment where he threatens to lash her. And she says that if he ever takes a whip to her, she will skin him alive. So that's good. And they're arguing at this stage as well. And she's screaming back at him being like, you don't know what I want from Maeve. How about saving the world from the King of Ardalan? And Rowan, aka Daddy Trauma, just responds with, why bother? Maybe the world's not worth saving. She knew he meant it too. Those lifeless eyes spoke volumes. He's so broken. (laughs) (laughs) We then get this, which is get again, just absolute brilliant. So it just it's fucked. So Rowan said, You're worthless. She's like, tell me something I don't know. And then he turns around and is like, You would probably have been more useful to the world if you'd actually died ten years ago. Whoa. Whoa, Rowan, Rowan, we need to talk about boundaries and that's taking it too far because she's Mm. already in a very vulnerable state. Yeah. His dirty talk needs work. (laughs) He's not quite there yet. (laughs) Like, yeah, I fucked you so hard that you could actually be like you're dead 10 years ago. (laughs) Yikes. Oh, dear. Well, basically, she's ready to pack it in and leave for home now because she's like, well, I've had enough of you big fae giant biting me and telling me I'm worthless, so I'm going to leave. And he essentially is like, you're proving me right by leaving. Have you ever had to work for anything in your life? Yada, 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 yada. And she's like, get absolutely fucked. Screams at him that her friend is dead and that she is left with her own worthless life. 
She's like, Ooh. big yikes. It's a bad time for her. But big so she ends yikes. up huge yikes. <laughs> yeah. Not, not fun. So she ends up leaving and going into the wilderness by herself, falls asleep in a little cave, makes herself a little fire. Then there's some silence. Something has come to find her and it is not Rowan. No, it's skinwalkers. And oh. she's like thinking, fuck, I have made such a stupid mistake lighting a fire. Because remember on her trip to the fortress, Rowan was like, absolutely no fires. And she's like, I'm breaking rule number one. So she runs and leaves her fire and is trying to hide when Rowan appears. And we get a couple moments here that, again, are making me go absolutely feral. So Daddy Trauma has her pressed into a tree. Like, he's got his hand over her mouth, shielding her, speaking into her ear. And he's like, you are going to listen to every word I say. Rowan's voice was softer than the rain outside. Or else you are going to die tonight. Do you understand? She nodded. He let go only to draw his sword and a wicked-looking hatchet. Your survival depends entirely on you. And then we follow up and he is like, I'm a soldier and bitch, you are going to listen because I have like centuries of skills here. And the quote we get is, we're going to have to run in a moment. What form you take when we run will determine our fates. So breathe and shift. The fact that he came back for her, that he hasn't left him, he didn't leave her, is having like a profound effect on both Selena and also my fanny. And... <laughs> Angelina and my fanny. (laughs) And the quote we get is, her lungs opened for the cool, soothing air and she wondered if Rowan was helping with that too. He was helping and he was willing to meet a horrible fate in order to keep her alive. He hadn't left her alone. She hadn't been alone. And he's like, babe, you need to shift ASAP. She does, and then they're running. It's so, so hot, but it's definitely giving me Twilight vibes, not going to lie. But it's okay, because I'm distracted by horny violence. They're running, and the skinwalkers are chasing them, and they're muttering some really creepy shit as well, like the whole time, by the way. But they're running, and we get this quote, she might have marveled at the way he moved, the way he killed, but Rowan didn't stop sprinting, so Selena raced after him, glancing once at the body the Fae warrior had left in pieces. Honestly, the absolutely, honestly fair way that I would let this man tell me what to do, phenomenal. No one else could. Absolutely no one else. No. no. Oh, God. <laughs> I was about to be like, I'd leave my family for that man. That's a bit too far. <laughs> that's that's where the line is, I think. No, yeah. I get it. <laughs> On no, second thought. <laughs> On second thought. Yeah, actually, I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan then thinks that if they get to the river, that they will be okay. For some reason, he's like, they can't swim. And they're just like, yes, we can. What are you talking about? One of about? them's We're like, like I've worn fish skins skills. before. Fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. So she's that right. I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> I'm a pescatarian, you bitch. <laughs> get my dietary restrictions right. <laughs> oh, dear. No, in fact, they are not. They are carnivorous anyway <laughs> selena makes a snap decision that she will save the day without the need to swim which is excellent because i would not be okay in that situation if rowan was like you need to jump in this lake right now with me i'd be like turn into a hawk and fly me away because i cannot <laughs> swim <laughs> to turn into a hawk hawk daddy and fly me away fly me Ellie's away like, i'm gonna just float here it's fine i'll make you love straight <laughs> <laughs> Use your wind to blow me along. Yes. <laughs> he just 
good way. Oh. <laughs> He's not blowing her in a good way. No. <laughs> oh dear. So she decides that she's going to use her fire noodles. So she launches herself off the cliff towards the river after Rowan and she turns in midair and is like, surprise! And incinerates the skinwalkers. And fuck me up, sister. Just go for it, why don't you? Also, the skinwalkers mm. remind me of supernatural and supernatural yeah those men my god this entire episode has turned into me simping simping over fictional characters but now let's picture rowan dean sam winchester we're in a room no one's wearing shirts oh god that would be it for me i would simply die i'm just sitting in the corner being like please don't look at me right now (laughs) i would literally be like how many penises can i fit inside me at once (laughs) let's find out Find out. I warn you, I'm shit at giving. Yeah, I warn you, I'm shit at giving head, but I'm willing to give it a shot if you are. (laughs) Mind the teeth. (laughs) Just break my jaw. Just dislocate (laughs) my jaw. (laughs) Just literally snap it into it. It's fine. Punch me in the face to call it a day. (laughs) Everyone just spit on me. That's fine. That's all I need. Tie me up. Like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Put me on my back oh, on the table. Just load me. It's fine. Like uh... a chair. <laughs> Tie me up like a rotisserie chicken. Put me on my back on a table and just all over me. Just like a table. Just a casual Saturday night. <laughs> just a casual Saturday night. <laughs> so Rowan and Aylin chat after that whole ordeal. And we learn a lot about the magic system, which is fairly standard. It's like a well, but it's not endless, so you can burn out. And I have to say the description of this magic system was very sexual in my mind because they kept talking about, like, just slowly pulling it up, like doing a a slow build-up and a slow release of all of the magic, but not all of it at once because then it will all come out. And you release too I'm much. Like, I'm like, oh yeah. So the well metaphor for ma- magic. Okay, that's fairly standard. And you're like, it's orgasms. It's orgasms. <laughs> it's just ejaculate. That's it. That's what they're referring it's to. Jiggulate. <laughs> they're just ejaculating everywhere. <laughs> oh dear. But Rowan ends up showing her his torture scars, which is another kink for Briny, I'm sure. Daddy. And. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you look so broken <laughs> she says she knows why what they look like rowan is shook by this and she says that she was too late to save the person that it had happened to aka oh. sam who i still don't know yet so i don't really have the emotion that goes with that but i'm assuming it's fine. So we'll carry it for you okay thank you she decides to stay because remember she was trying to leave before before the whole ejaculate blowing down the river tying sam up on a table (laughs) scenario she's now staying in the fortress because rowan is like your powers are a little bit crazy but i can help you he also seems to understand that the way she is punishing herself is not good and she will only save herself if it's a consequence of saving someone else. So he's like, 
working out your trauma because it's just a replica of my own. Yeah. Um, I'll take this bit. Yeah. Um, so we then get to the next chapter, and this might be one of my favourite parts of the entire book. Um, the witches are picking their wivens. And obviously Titus, as we said, is Manon's choice. She really wants him, but it's also the choice of the yellow legs heir as well, that cunt. Yeah. Iskra. Um, yeah. Is a cunt. Um, <laughs> the, the yellow legs heir is sneaky and she ends up like they're having a talk bef- like around the pit where like the wivens are, you know, showing off their skills by attacking the bait beast, which I'm like, that is traumatic. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a cunt is just like, oh, and pushes Manon into the pit uh, while the bait beast is getting attacked by Titus. So Titus turns on Manon and looks at her not as his mistress, as his rider, but as his prey. And she has to fight him. She, like, barely makes it out. It's this whole ordeal. But the bait beast, who is, like, strapped behind her on some chains, is growling at Titus. Like, and she's like, oh, shit, he's behind me. She's got to make a quick decision because she can realize that the bait beast wants to fight Titus. He's like, I'm ready. Let me out this motherfucker. So she ends up cutting his chain and frees him. And she goes to run from the arena, but sees the base, the bait beast is like holding his ground, even though he's been like beaten. He's been bitten. He's like, his he's missing tail is teeth. cut off. He's missing the venomous missing barb on their tail. Yeah. He's obviously injured and Titus isn't, but he's not giving up. And in this moment, Manon and the bait beast make eye contact and he doesn't look at her like prey, but it's like he looks at her like it's a claiming. And we get this quote, which is instead the bait beast small as he was, was gazing at her with something like rage and determination, emotion. She might have called it hunger, but not for her. No, she realized as the bait, as the beast lifted his black gaze to Titus, letting out a no, a low snarl in response, a low snarl in response, not submissive in the least, that sound, a threat, a promise. The bait beast wanted a shot at Titus. Allies, if only for this moment. <gasps> and then she basically risks it all and runs back to help him. And the bait beast ends up ripping out Titus's, Titus's throat <laughs> as they look at each other she ends up claiming him too. And we get this quote as his rider, as his mistress, as he is. Oh, it's beautiful. We end up that we end up finding out that she ends up naming him Abraxas and the yellow legs air doesn't get punished because Manon is basically like, I, I fell because she didn't want to give Issa Khan the right to say that she almost killed her. She's like, nah, fuck it. Um, but in doing that, she ends up getting her second Astron whipped for letting it happen because obviously she's Manon's second. She has to be there to protect her, all this kind of stuff. And then Grandmummy, it's me, Anastasia, also beats Manon as well for picking the worst women. So they basically don't think that Abraxos is going to be able to do anything. He's obviously a broken, he's a bait beast, you know. He doesn't have he doesn't have all the, the bits and bobs that the other, you know, women yeah. do. 
but she doesn't believe them. She's like, no, we claimed each other. There's no way that me, as a strong-ass bitch I am, would yeah. be claimed by something that isn't amazing. Absolutely. So, we sure. then jump into Kale and Adian's point of view, and they are chatting in the tombs. Kale tells Adian everything, but little does he know that Dorian is sitting there listening. So Dorian has this mental thought where he goes, Selena was Aelin Galthinius. He had danced with her, kissed her, slept beside her, his mortal enemy. I'll come back for you, she'd said her final day here. Even then he'd known there was something else behind it. She would come back, but perhaps not as Selena. Would it be to help him or to kill him? Ooh, trauma. Trauma. Ooh, also, Kale. You're just allowing people to sneak up on you now. Again. Again. This man is fucking hopeless. Again. Kale, you fucking stale piece of lettuce. If the fate of the world rests on stale lettuce, we are well fucked. (laughs) We are well fucked. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Why couldn't he be appointed like Secret Service for Trump or something? Oh. Could have made our lives a lot easier. Anyway. Mm. Dorian, Kale and Adian then have it out. Adian and Dorian don't really trust each other, which is kind of fair enough. And Dorian is reeling from the fact that Selena is Aelin, which is groundbreaking news. Dorian says he will keep the secrets, but he will have no part in whatever scheme that they are trying to conjure up. The quote is, he ripped his cold magic from the air and turned it inward, wrapping it around his heart. Dorian! God! Dorian. Oh, oh my god. I am not okay. I would like Didn't to clarify that, that again. At this moment, the only person that means that Dorian has that he feels like he has is Sorsha. It's the only oh, person fuck. left for him. Oh dear. Well that's not going to end well, Dorian. No. No. I'm assuming he finds someone else. I'm assuming that's just how he rolls, though. <laughs> it's in his nature. It's not a far leap. <laughs> nah, nah. He's, he's monogamy king <laughs> from this point forward. Anyway, Adian then meets with his men who aren't really friends but are more allies. His, their names are Ren and his father, which his name is irrelevant. Who <laughs> he's Merka. Mertor. Murga. Murga? Anyways, M. Red and M. I think it's his grandfather as well. Yeah. Actually, Mm. yeah, it's grandfather. So Ren and his granddaddy, who were once not super friendly with Alien, but now have a common enemy. So apparently there's only four survivors of the slaughter that was Terrison, which is not very good if there's only four of them. But we do learn of... Ildi, who Elid, is Elid, <laughs> We then learn of Elid, who apparently is the child of a lord and lady and a potential survivor. And I assume this will become relevant in later books because SJM doesn't just sprinkle that shit in there for no reason. You would assume. So in Aelin's point of view, Aelin and Rowan are training in the sun goddesses. Oh, it's Marla. Marla Firebringer. 
妈
quickly going out the door. <laughs> Kale is meeting with Adian in Aelin's city apartment, the one that she left to him in her will. It's actually an apartment that she shared with Sam. Adian oh, is just basically crying without crying, looking at the way she lived, the way she decorated the space with touches of Terrison, like Terrison's colours of green and silver. He's just looking at all the ways that she showed where her true home was. Oh my gosh, Bryony, stop playing with your necklace. <laughs> I know. It's your necklace. I've been wearing a throne of glass necklace for years. Oh, what's it of? It's got a quote from um, later books in it. Intriguing. It says, you, you do not yield. Oh, God. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's absolutely fine. FYI, in the necklace is by Brio and Brandish. Oh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Can, can you sponsor us? Well, I don't like the fact that Kale has gone, you know what? I was bequeathed this in the will that Selena made. She is not yet dead, but mm-hmm. I shall go there anyway. Yeah. To the apartment she shared with her former lover. Make yourselves at home. Catch well, a Come cunt. on in, everyone. Let's just have a little bit mm-hmm. of a get together. I realize it's life or death, but still. We then find out that when Magic died, apparently there were waves of birds that scattered from Rifthold and a few other places sort of outward. So the birds were leaving and you know when the birds are doing fucking weird shit. It's never good when there's birds. It's never good when there's birds. Well, that was when people started dying, so not a great time. Dorian is trying to control his magic at this point. He and Saoirse are trying everything they can they think that if they increase the iron in his diet, that that might help. So, you know, intake your sweet potato when you red meat, but they also give him some form of tonic, right. which makes him have an upset belly. But mm. it's okay. Saoirse's on it. So she ends up giving him this tonic and he thinks about something that makes him upset. The fact that Saoirse is risking her life is enough to set him off, even though it's agony for him. And it works. His magic fingers are no longer as magic. Now they're just somewhat tingly fingers. So mm-hmm. huzzah. He then kisses her and she is flustered. She ends up legging it from the room and that is quite odd behavior if you ask me. So someone that is like has been in love with this guy for ages and then he kisses you. I wasn't expecting the runaway. No. No, no. So now we're in Manon's POV again, and Astrin is like, I serve you, Manon, not your grandmother. And I fucking love that. I love it. Like, I love their friendship, even though they don't really call it that, and even though Manon is quite fucking, she's a bit of a cunt towards Astrin. That's why I love it. This is like the start of seeing Manon is the leader. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone else is great, but like, Manon is Queen B. Manon is going to train with the Braxos, and we end up finding out, obviously, because of trauma, that he hates whips and the men who wield them. She ends up, like, cutting one of the hands of the men that is, like, holding the whip, and she licks the blood from her fingers, because obviously she's, like, a man-eater, literally. It's, like, black and rotten, and she's like, that is odd, but I've got more important things to worry about than your odd diet. Yeah. She ends up speaking to a Braxos also after this, and she thinks that he can understand her. Very odd. So we get this quote, which is, each of the scars, the chipped teeth and broken claws, the, the mutilated tail, they weren't the markings of a victim. 
Oh no, they were the trophies of a survivor. Abraxos was a warrior who had all the odds stacked against him and survived, learned from it, triumphed. She basically tells him that she's going to make him iron spikes for his tail, iron teeth for his mouth, and he will endure the pain because they will then get out of the kingdom and stain, well, they'll get out of there and stain the kingdom red. It takes five days for this all to go down, but afterwards he is now part cyborg. Nice. Up. The Blackbeak clan is doing a-okay, but they want to be fit for the war games that is coming up because there's these games that are coming up where they get to pick, like, the wing leader of all the clans that will, like, lead them in the, into battle, basically. Yeah. So they need to do this, like, training exercises, basically, to prep themselves for the games. Manon basically ends up saying that her and Abraxos will be airborne in five days, even though Abraxos's wings, obviously have been torn to fucking shreds. We jump to the next chapter and Rowan takes Selena on another trek to the Healers Commune and we get mentions of the Torre Cresme. Cresme? Cresme? Anyway, a place where healers are taught in the southern continent. Rowan and Aelin are going to view another body as well and he needs her to shift so she hones in on the anger and he's like poking and prodding her to try to get her angry and he says, let it be a blade, Aelin. If you cannot find the peace, then at least hone the anger that guides you to shift. Embrace it and control it. It is not your enemy. The sexual tension that is oozing from this man is destroying my pelvic floor. <laughs> she shifts and then just when he thinks she's given up, like she kind of like acts kind of like she's overwhelmed. So he'll prod her more and he could prod me more but just when he thinks that she's given up <laughs> she like snaps her head back his head back with like a palm to the chin and he is shook but then we get this moment where he bared his teeth in a feral petrifying grin oh you'd better run now all of my like chasing fetishes are like screaming <laughs> like if you could hear my brain right now, it's just like the broadband dial-up tone because I've just checked out. <laughs> I've just left my body. <laughs> and again, they run to this next crime scene and Aelin feels like the magic is ecstasy in her blood. Her and Rowan are running and running and when she looks at him, she thinks she sees like a glimmer in his eyes and like maybe he was smiling. And again, whenever they're running somewhere, it's just twilight. I can't help it. It is. It is twilight. <laughs> Well, we then learn about the five others in Maeve's inner circle of warriors. We don't know their names, but we know that they exist and that they potentially may somewhat be Rowan's friends. Yeah, if he has friends. We're Mind. unsure if he has friends. Hmm. I should be his special friend. It depends on what he wants. He can have access to my special place. Anyway, they arrive at the village and no one really knows of any missing people, but they also don't really want to talk to them very much at all because they're fey and they're humans, so not a great time. Aelin, in her wisdom, decides to charm them all by purchasing literally everything they sell with Rowan's money, which is just glorious. <laughs> Love your work, sweetie. Absolutely. Love your work. But it ends up working as well because the villagers start warming up to them, but unfortunately they don't know anything. Unsurprising, mm. stupid peasants. <laughs> they don't <laughs> peasants. <laughs> Ellie, you and your peasants. They end up sleeping for the night and Aelin dreams of a memory with her parents arguing about her powers and we learn that they called her Fireheart. And when she wakes, oh Rowan, I know, Fireheart. I'm not 
I'm fine. I'm completely fine. When she wakes, Rowan wants her to light the fire using her magic. And she's like, yep, yep, watch this. Incinerates the entire forest. (laughs) Let's be real. That would be us if we had magic. We'd be like, (laughs) no friends. We can't go near each other because we'll kill each other. But hi. (laughs) We're in flame retardant suits at all points. (laughs) like full like we just walk around in those like, ball bubble things that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. just a little entry point oh, for rowan to make his way on him. <laughs> anyway so we jump to the next chapter and Sorsha is very stressed about her and dorian's kiss she ends up having to drop another um tonic off to him and he thanks her for staying and for helping him even with all the risks and she freaks again. She's like doing a Lucy from the hating game and is yeah. running out of the room. She's like, fucking yeet. He ends up following her this time though. And she's like, you know what? Fuck the fucking risks. And she kisses him. And that's all you get because fuck it up. And then we jump straight from that with no smart thank you to Kale and Adian meeting with Ren. We learn that Adian doesn't know who his father is, and then Ren appears. He was basically attacked by some soldiers, but the soldiers aren't, like, the normal They're guard soldiers. They're not Kale soldiers. No. Super secret spy soldiers. <laughs> Super secret spy soldiers. <laughs> um, so the next chapter is basically Kale, Adian, and Ren on the run. They escape from the guards, but Ren is obviously badly injured. Kale, because he is the generous man that he is, offers them all a place to stay at Selena's house. That's so fucking nice of him. <laughs> that is so fucking nice of you, Kale. Beautiful. He's like, thank you so much. Here is a house that I was bequeathed in a will for a woman that is not, in fact, dead. She is actually alive. And she actually hates my guts. (laughs) But here, she'll love her. Mine. Yeah, here you go. Adverse possession, baby. Look at (laughs) her. We're going to the next chapter, and Manon and Abraxos are training. She tries to get him to eat, but he refuses the meat. And then she tastes it, and she's like, that yeah that's fair i would not fucking eat that either that is some rancid shit and it tastes like off like how the men's blood was tasting off which ew they then interesting go to hunt for live food and he eats it but he just really loves the flowers and he likes smelling the flowers he's just a kind soul and you also cannot tell us that this is not toothless from how to train a dragon no and like i just picture him like he's been trapped in this cell his entire life like he's never known anything else and he's outside finally and he's just like these flowers are really awesome i'm just gonna lay and sniff them for a bit He's just so sweet. And he you always get this this um repetition with how he is described with he's like a big dog, like his tail mm. wags, like things like that, where it's like he's just like this he's just reminds me of a great Dane. Like giant dogs that are just like bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> If he um, dies Yeah, look I would riot. I would you would not see me being well if anything happened. No to him but as beautiful as he is Abraxos is still refusing to fly and from orders from Manon's grandmother she has to be airborne tonight so she runs and leaps onto his shadow shadow (laughs) she runs and leaps onto his saddle and he freaks out and just casually falls off a cliff eek that's good 
That seems like a very promising turn of events. They're falling. It's terrifying. But then Manon is like, open your wings in a commanding type voice, not like how I just said it. And he does. He opens his wings and then they start flying. And what a little clever sausage he is. Just, he did it. Everyone's happy. Manon I love, the, I love how Ellie's like doing the movement. Ellie's doing really she soft is, floating hand gestures. She is the dry. She is the women. She, be the women. I am, I am the women. The love the women. <laughs> Look at my wings. We're going to post that in just its own post on Instagram. Being like, have you met our co-host, Ellie? She is in oh fact a women. <laughs> She is a woman. In fact, she is, yes. Manon doesn't realise how it would have been for him to spend his entire life underground, chained and whipped, until she hears him roar. And it's a roar of joy because, of course, she can tell the difference. So she also does a roar of joy. It's quite beautiful. Which, and yeah, she like says... They barely show emotion and stuff, so it's like mm, a big deal. It's like, she's when, like, if, if my grandmother saw me doing this, I would be... I would be in trouble. It would be a scolding. But, 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 she says she doesn't have a heart, but what's, what's this feeling? What's this then, slut? It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> What's this then, slut? Huh? Huh? What's this then, slut? They fly as one host, the 13, because they are one and they are many, and from all the land on earth they come. (laughs) And it's beautiful. They are in close quarters in formation, and it's like, fuck the dominant shit of the Wervens. They are all besties, and they're a clan. They are Mm. a gaggle of Wervens in the sky. (laughs) A gaggle of Wervens! I, we go into the next chapter and Aileen and Rowan are trying to work on her fire magic. Aileen asks Emery to tell her the first story he can think of of Maeve. And he tells this story and one of the quotes is, Long ago, when there was no mortal king on Wendelin's throne, the fairies still walked among us. Some were good and fair, some were prone to little mischiefs, and some were fouler and darker than the blackest of night. But they were all of them ruled by Maeve and her two sisters, whom they called Mora and Mab. Cunning Mora, who bore the shape of a great hawk, and fair Mab, who bore the shape of a swan, and the dark Maeve, whose wildness could not be contained by any single form. Apparently, a mortal man stole Maeve's heart long ago, but tragedy struck and he died, and now she loves her warriors above all else. So that's cool. That's cool. That seems Um, super cool. Yeah, so we then get a man appears in mountain cat form, not dressed as a kitty cat, and Rowan goes to meet him, and we find out that his name is Gabriel, and he is kind of more of like a friend. He is more friendly to Rowan than what the others are, I feel like, Mm. but he is still a broody fey man. And in my mind, all I'm thinking of is Thrapple. I just think... like when Gabriel appears, Rowan goes to greet him. All I just think of is every time my cat wants to get out of a room and she just like scratches on the door and like summons me to go and let her in. That's all I imagine. He's actually just at the door of the kitchen being like, hey, Rowan. Rowan. <laughs> Rowan, let but me he's in. in his, he's in his human form. He's just yeah. choosing. Rowan. Yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Can you just open the door, Rowan? <laughs> Rowan. Rowan. <laughs> Rowan. Yeah, it's fine. So, Aelin comes to bring Rowan some soup. Good soup. Good soup. She interrupts him tattooing Gabriel. And she's like, oh, shit. And she leaves because he 
barks at her, not literally like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he just tells her, he's like, get the fuck out. And she's like, okay, shit. When she goes outside of the room, he ends up like storming out. She's basically like, yeah, can you fucking stop? Like, I'm already in a shit enough mood. I don't need you fucking shitting on my parade too. And then she says something that's really sad, which is, like, you left me down there. And, like, I don't have anyone else. And Rowan's like, mate, I don't give a fuck. I don't like you and I can't give you anything. Soz. And she's, like, really, really sad about this. And we get this really sad quote, which is, she walked away without another word. With each step she took back to her room, that flickering light inside her gutted and went out. I was like... Remember how much it meant to her? An ill Rowan. He was hiding from the skinwalkers and he'd come back for her and she wasn't alone. And she finally felt like maybe there was something in the world for her and now she feels like it's gone. He's pushing her away and I'm not here for it. But it's okay. We're on the journey. They're going to reconnect. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's so fine. So the next morning she wakes up and Emery is in the kitchen just, you know, being happy sacks because his mate has gotten him. His mate has got a gift for him, which is a dagger from Ilwe, and she loses it. She turns into a rat little bitch and is like, I do not give a fuck about you or your stupid dagger. Shove it up your ass and just yeets out of there. Rowan then rocks up and Emery is like, what are you doing to that girl? Turns out Emery had recognized her from the moment she entered the fortress because he knew Aelin's mother and he's like, you need to help her. And this is when Rowan realizes he may have gone a tad too hard. No shit, Sherlock. You think? As much as I want to fuck, fuck you, you're being a fucking idiot. We'll still fuck you. Mm. <sighs> neither here nor there at this moment. Yeah. We go to Aelin's point of view and Aelin is crying. And we have this quote where it's, she heard, so soft it was as if she had dreamed it, a woman's voice whispering, why are you crying, Fireheart? It had been ten years Ten long years since she had heard her mother's voice, but she heard it then over the force of her weeping, as clear as if she knelt beside her. Fireheart, why do you cry? Because I am lost, she whispered into the earth, and I do not know the way. It was what she had never been able to tell Nehemia, that for ten years she had been unsure how to find the way home because there was no home left. Oh, she's just so low, and then her mother's like spirit is there talking to her. She's either hallucinating or it's real. We're not sure, but she's that low that she needs it. Rowan comes to find her and decides that this is actually a teachable moment. He takes her to a frozen lake where he has chained Luca to the surface of the ice. And she has to go in her fae form across the ice and get him because she can't control her magic in fae form. So if she fails, he will die. Yeah, that sounds... Sounds like mm. a good idea, Rowan. What the fuck? So Aileen manages to shimmy across the ice and gets him and, like, is humming to herself at one stage because music is, like, seems to help her feel more control. As she gets Mm. to him and she's freeing the chains from him, she notices that underneath the ice there is just, like, a big fuck-off red eye just, like, staring up at her being like, hello, big summer blowout. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No! So she is like absolutely the fuck not. And they start like shimmying back 
I want to say they run, but they can't because they're on their ice and it's cracking. So they're doing a fast shimmy. And the creature is giving me like a wyvern dragon serpent type thing with one eye. Rowan slides a sword across the lake to her. It's this giant sword. It's gorgeous. Like it's got like it's got like a giant, yeah, a giant ruby, ruby in, it. in the hill, and like a ring falls out of like the scabbard, and you're like, okay, cool, whatever. She's like, tuck that in because she's not silly and she knows to pocket mystery jewelry like a champ. Um, <laughs> Find it. <laughs> They make it back across the ice just as the creature is, like, breaking through. And I also, just because I love Rowan Whitethorn, I would really like to clarify that he froze the lake himself. It wasn't a frozen lake. He has frozen it with his magic, and he's keeping it frozen while they're coming across with his magic. Because he's just, he's that, he's that good. <laughs> so they get away from the beast. He did, he did, in fact, cause the issue to begin with, but he is Technicalities. <laughs> So they get away from the beast and Aelin sends Luca on his way and then she is fuming and starts fighting with Rowan. She actually pins him and is just laying into him when she realises that he is taking the hit. And that makes her pause. Like she is burning him and he's just, yep, taking it. And so that makes her pause and he uses that pause to flip them. So then he's pinning her instead. And he's being like, why? And then she's explaining that she can't lose anyone else. Please don't bring anyone else into this. She ends up, like, while she's saying that, she realises that she's burnt through the tattoo on his arm. She apologises for burning him, and we get this quote, you do not apologise for defending the people you care about. Oh! Bless his cotton socks. He created this whole issue, but you know what? He can do no wrong. It's a teachable moment. It really is. They get back to the fortress and everyone sees her in her fae form for the first time. She ends up getting on her knees and apologizing to Emery, Luca and Malachi for her, well, cuntiness for the past few weeks. Mm. They talk about the creature under the frozen lake and Emery ends up telling them the story about it. So apparently it's a creature from another realm and some warrior came along and sliced out its eye and banished it or something along those lines. Turns out that warrior had a gold ring. Interesting, is it not? Interesting. Aelin then goes to visit Rowan. She's worried about the burns that she had given him. And when she gets to his room, he's sitting there shirtless at the workbench. Hello. I'm just mentally checking out. Hi, hi sir. I I come with my vagina for you, please. (laughs) (laughs) I heard you had some burns and I thought my vagina would help. So she ends up studying his tattoo and it's gorgeous, apparently. She gives him the little tin of salve to help him with his burn and he's like, well, you know, you could heal me. You've got magical powers. And she's like, well, I don't really know how to do that and I could, you know, turn you into dust. So let's not go there. When she goes to leave, he tells her to stay and then he opens up. When my mate died, it took me a very, very long time to come back. Who the fuck is this bitch? God. Yeah, look. We basically learn that Rowan's mate's name was Lyria. Yeah, Lyria. Lyria. I don't know. Irrelevant. She worked selling flowers at the market and it basically cost him Maeve's favour staying with his mate. 
Um, so he went to war to prove himself and Illyria begged him not to go. But when he was away, apparently enemies had come and burnt her and their unborn Ew. child to cinders. So he basically has tattooed the story of his loss, that trauma on his body in the tattoos for the shame. That's basically when he ended up binding himself to Maeve with the blood oath. We get this quote, which is fucking trauma. I think I'm still not back. I might never be, but maybe, maybe we could find our way back together. And I'm just fucking screaming. Daddy trauma. Oh, drama. We then get this because they basically agree. They're like, yep, together. And then we get this quote from Aelin, which is, and somewhere far and deep inside her, an ember okay. began to Now, glow. is this ember her own light that he's sparking inside of her to, you know, because her light can't go out, yada, yada, yada. Or is it the mating bond? No, I don't think it's, don't the, mating think bond. it's the mating bond. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know for like this part one of Era 5, we've essentially just been thirsting over Rowan for three hours. But really, part one of this book is her really in the darkest pit of her depression, her self hatred, her PTSD, all of that. She feels like a coward. She feels like a failure. She feels like she has nothing. All she wants to do is do this one thing and die. So she's in this super dark place. So I feel like it's not a mating bond. It is just her like will to live lighting back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's like her yeah. island. Yeah. That's what I think it is. It's like Aww. her fire heart. Yeah. Has- she's been yeah, like Aylin has been repressed for 10 years couldn't even have a peep of it not even a moment or she wouldn't be safe now she's kind of mm-hmm. in a place where she can actually be herself again also they better herself be fucking mates with rowan as i'm all here for this self development but oh my god ellie he has she's dead he has had, he a, has mate. had a mate do you she's think dead. that and 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 hey do you think before he went off to war and i'm sorry but you would if that was your mate. You'd, you'd smell that shit and he'd eat it off. So, nah, I'm telling you right now, telling you right now that wasn't the fact. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we're leaving. <laughs> yeah, <enjoy laughs> so much fun. We'll be back next week to do part two. So that is chapters 37 onwards from Era of Fire. And we'll do our fan art and our music references in that episode as well. Please remember to watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. As we're recording this, we are actually on a two-day ban from posting on TikTok, but that doesn't mean that the content's not already there. Yeah, and also we hit 10K <laughs> listeners, like in total. It's huge. And we have, a, there's at least like 230 or 40 of you that listen in every single episode, which is just crazy. We are so, so thankful. Crazy. It's good fun. That's what it is. Some good shit. Yeah. Eat some good shit. Good shit. All right, everyone, that's it for this week. It's Rowan's ass. It's that's Rowan's ass. We're going to leave you with that. The good shit is coming from Rowan's ass. How oh. do we get here? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to see anyway. us um, thirst over Rowan some more. And, yeah, peace out, A-Town. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>